to At the Devil's Ball, a podcast where we talk about horror and genre films in a positive, constructive manner. I'm Samuel Newman, and with me as always, my co-host and founder of The Feast, Nathaniel Johnson. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, doing well. Doing well? Yep. yep. We're just shacked up here at Fiddler's Green, you know, away from all the, the hullabaloo of the city below. Yep, for our, <laughs> uh, what's our theme this month? Uh, eat the Rich. I, eat I the Rich. Yep. Yeah. Why the, We're, the hell yeah. Not? We're feeling uh, feeling anti capitalistic, right? Which we always are. So yeah, <clears throat> but you know we've got a nice little collection of films that uh about you know class and society and uh, yeah. So it should be fun fun to go into that. Uh, what before we get into that, uh, what'd you watch this week? Week anything? Uh, I watched. Uh, I did. I I did my uh a staff screening of um Knock at the Cabin. Right. which was actually just me and the new hire, like the new assistant manager. She was the only mm. one that showed up and she hadn't even started work yet. Um, oh, which I think is why yeah. she showed up. Uh, I think right. she was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this. And um, so she was good company, but like it was, it was exhausting because we did it in like theater three, which is the only one with stadium seating. Mm. And so I had to keep going up to adjust things because the sound wouldn't work. So I had to keep climbing up this fucking ladder, uh. like up and down, up and down. Uh, the film itself is mediocre. I mean, right. it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't, um, what I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing between this and skin and rink, uh, mm-hmm. this week, I'm seeing a lot of talk online of, uh, that reminds me kind of why we do this right. and why we do it the way we do it, which is like, well, we do positive and constructive, at least we try to as best we can, because right. we don't want to look down on anything, yeah, you know, yeah. um, if we're not going to like something, we're going to talk about why we don't like it. Uh, it's not a moral uh, or ethical judgment. It is, unless, I mean, I guess unless it is, but I mean, right. like it's, but I've seen a lot of people kind of like looking down on it. I think like a lot of people being like, you know, uh, you know, Shia, Shia always invites that sort of like, Oh yeah. Aggression. People, people love to hate on him. I mean, yeah. I don't like his work either. Uh, no, but, you know, no. I, 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 I've long since, gotten to the point where i couldn't feel any sort of sort of way about his work you know one way or the other yeah to to have an opinion before seeing something you know yeah but i mean on a scale of like six cents to like last airbender like right. this is somewhere in the middle knock at the cabin mm-hmm. like it's not uh but i mean skin right. is also a important example of like you know i'm seeing a lot of people like really wanting to like rip on this film because it's really popular right. and i'm kind of like just just say you don't like it move on like yeah. you know it doesn't have to be like you know you know, hyperbo- hyperbolic, like, you know, you, you know, insults aimed at it. It doesn't seem, that right. doesn't seem to be constructive. You don't have to go but... full nostalgia critic on it, you know. <laughs> right, right. And just hammer on it. But I mean, like, right. Knock at the Cabin was like, I'm like, this is an okay movie. Um, I do think, I think he might be the best performance of Dave Bautista's career. He's actually really, really? great in it. Yeah, he's really good at it. Oh. Um, And if there's any reason to watch it, it's that. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, he's actually really good. He's giving this really... I mean, obviously the man is huge, right. uh, but he's giving, um, we talked about this with some movie where it was, uh, oh, it was when we were talking about Haunting of Hill House. And I was like how um, the guy who played Luke seemed to have trouble like portraying smallness right. because he was so big. But Dave Bautista does the opposite. Dave Bautista is playing somebody very mousy and very okay. timid. And he's very, very, and he just does this, some wonderful physical work of making himself really con- contracted. Right. Um that it's really it's just such a fascinating performance to watch. That said, the movie is dumb as a post. 
And it does the same things that Shia Lamont always loves to do. Which What's is, the premise of it even? I don't even know what the premise uh, is. A, a gay couple and their mm-hmm. adopted kid are out at uh, a lakeside cabin. And mm-hmm. four individuals led by Dave Batista show up and tell them uh, one of them, they must choose to sacrifice one of their family or the yeah. world will end. Uh-huh. And the... Um, and where it works is that the four people aren't actually even particularly evil or cruel. Right. They just really believe in something. And um, and that works when it does work, and then it then it doesn't because Shalomon okay. likes to like do dumb shit. Like right. so basically, like it cuts away at, at like moments it shouldn't cut away. Uh, you know, for a movie about belief, it seems really interested in proving things. And I'm like, no, no, you're doing it wrong. That's like, you right. need to just, it needs to be about conviction. It's people believing in things. If you actually, like, if people believe in God and then you have God show up, right? it's not about anything. Um, but it's like, uh, it's being confused, I think, for a lot of people as being like Christian uh, propaganda. Propaganda. I'm like, it's not. Right. It really right. isn't. Um, but no, I mean it's uh it's it's a dumb movie. Um Shalomon, of course shoots it really well. Uh mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of great intimacy, uh that uh, forced intimacy that really works. And I I overheard two people leave the theater kind of talking about how much they didn't they didn't like that aspect. And I'm like, well, that's the point. It's actually supposed to make you uncomfortable. Like it's this forced level of intimacy. Right. Um, but uh it's you know, some of it works, and then I'm like it it just sort of collapses like most of his films do. So it, it um, but I mean, it's not, it's not terrible, you know, right. but that's pretty much the only new thing I think I watched this week. I mean, um, yeah, that, that's about it. Um, yeah. I didn't really watch anything new this week. I just kind of, you know, had a low, low key week. Yeah. Oh, I did watch in search of darkness three last night, oh, which okay. was another five and a half hours of, right. Um, and it was it was okay. I mean, I did find this time around, um, this one particularly, it got to some more obscure stuff that I was kind of like, oh, nice. I actually might want to check some of that out because some of it's stuff I'd never heard of. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll check some of that out. But, well, wasn't this one more about like direct to video kind of stuff? Yeah, a okay. lot of so, uh, a lot of more uh, off the beaten path stuff because they'd right. already covered everything else. Right. Um, but. Um, a lot of stuff that Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater have covered. There's even a nice mm-hmm. nod to Mystery Science Theater. Oh, cool. uh, like one of the actors in Zombie Nightmare mm-hmm. kind of mentioned like, yeah, Mystery Science Theater kind of saved this film from complete obscurity. And right. it's really cool that people discovered the film through that. Um, and of course, I, I texted you about it because I was like, wait a minute. When did Adrian Barbeau marry John Carpenter? Right. But apparently that happened. And I was like, yeah. I didn't know that until they mentioned it in this documentary. I was like, oh, really? Wow. Okay. I had no idea. And she's the mother of his child and shit. And I'm yeah. like, oh, what? But I think they were married when she did Creep Show. Yes. Yeah. Right. She mentioned that. Yeah. They had married right before the release of Halloween, I guess. Mm. And, um, uh, but yeah, it was just, just a weird thing. But there were some right. charming as hell interviews with Adrian Barbeau. Um, uh, Screaming Mad George had a nice. really interesting, who we'll get to later this month. Right. But, um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are the two things I guess I watched this week. So, all right, cool. But nothing for you? No, nothing, nothing new. Just kind of, it was just a long week at work. So, yeah, I'll tell you, yeah, me, me too, really. 
I got home and didn't really have much fuel in the tank for anything, you know. Oh, same here. I think yeah. I think one night at this week I came home and for no particular reason watched um the Family Guy right. Star Wars episodes just because oh, wow. I, like, right. I, I don't I, I don't know whatever and then yeah. uh, Robot Chicken one night I was just like right. I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah, uh, one night I got caught up on Rick and Morty because I'm the king of bad timing, you know. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big that's big in the news this uh, since we've last recorded. Same thing with right. um James Gunn's new uh slate of DC, DC stuff, yeah, including The Authority. Did you ever read The Authority? I think I read like the first graphic novel, so the first like six issues or something, but I don't really remember it. Yeah, it's wild. I'm like, yeah. really, The Authority? Okay, I mean, like, I will yeah. see the hell out of that movie, but I'm like, right. really. The authority, huh? But okay, like, well, I. But he's he's got a thing for like you know the the B level, C level, like yeah, you know, weird stuff. So well, the authority was a totally was an A list book when it first came right. out for the Wildstorm, but they've sort of been forgotten. Other than Midnighter and Apollo, who are were gay characters, right? So they kind of survived, but everybody else is sort of forgotten about and. The creators mm. of the authority are all problematic now. Like you can't, oh, right. yeah. yeah. Warren Ellis and Mark Millar—they're not. They're persona non grata. So it's right. really, really interesting that they're like, "Well, we're going to do authority," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah. all right, <laughs> I know what you're like, doing." You know? Yeah, that's hardcore stuff. Like right. that's all uh, ends justify the means anti-hero right. stuff, and I'm like, well, "That's interesting," but I, we'll I will see. watch the hell yeah. out of it. Yeah, right. I'll be first. In, I'll be first in line for that i mean what i really want to see is like i want to see like what he does with like you know it's like superman batman like like yes i mean i we know he can do like you know like the the lesser known characters and the anti-hero stuff yeah you know i want to see what he has to what he can you know do with you know actually like you know good characters as in like you know full-on through good guys you know yeah yeah and his well so far what he's talked about with superman in particular uh makes me hopeful like, he, right. you know, talking about Superman being a, uh, I think his exact quote was a man, uh, a man with a man who believes in kindness in a world where kindness is old fashioned. Right. And I'm like, all right, it sounds like you're already getting better than anything exactly, we've seen of yeah. him lately. So, right. you know, I'm already happy about that. And of course, he's touting art from All Star Superman. So I'm like, all right, right. Steer, yeah, that's the perfect Superman story. So go. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, of course, Booster Gold's coming out. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a bunch of weird stuff that he announced. And then he's like, then there's some stuff that I'm like, yep, I'm totally on board. It is unfortunate that we have to lose like Doom Patrol for it. But yeah, uh, that was inevitable. Doom Patrol's like, it's a, it's a, it's going to have its fourth season. That's its end. And I'm like, that's already two seasons longer than I expected it to live. So I'm like, right. I don't, I know there are people out there like, you know, hashtag save Doom Patrol, but I'm like, no, let it, let it go. It's yeah, okay. It's, it's had a you run, know. you know? Yeah, it's had a pretty good run. I'm like, if it had gotten canceled a few years ago, I would have been like right there along with, them, you know, right. hashtag save Doom Patrol. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, we have, obviously they have to get rid of everything. And the only reason that's also, I've been saying this for a long time now, but the reason the Ezra Miller flash movies going forward is because they're resetting everything at the end of it. Like, right. It's flashpoint. So like we have to have him or them rather in their movie happen because it's what we need to move forward. Right. Um, so I think that's the only reason why, like they haven't just like outright fired Ezra Miller. Like, I think, I think they will be fired almost as soon as that movie is out, but we'll see. Um, but uh, I know James Gunn is sticking behind, um, What's his name there? Shazam. 
uh, Zachary Levi, right, who recently came out as anti-vax. So, uh, did he? Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, but um, but at the same time, I mean, Black Panther has been handed off to Letitia Wright. She's mm-hmm. anti-vax. Uh, right. Evangeline Lilly is in Ant Man coming out in a couple of weeks. She's anti-vax. So, but as someone yeah. said online, I mean, they they can be anti-vax all they want, but they have to be vaccinated to do these films. Right. So, whatever, I guess. But, um, but yeah, anyway, they're so spreading let's... harm. But yes, yep. yes, our Land movie. of the Dead. Yeah, Land of the Dead. Um, uh, what was that? 2005's uh, George Romero. Uh, yep, another. On a, an unexpected return to the zombie genre for him because you know he'd been not not making movies for a while, mm-hmm. um, wasn't able to get a zombie movie off in the '90s, no matter how hard he tried. Yeah, um, you know, throughout the '90s and then on to the 2000s and the 2010s, he had a lot of trouble getting movies made, and you know, but this one, thanks in part to uh, you know stuff like 28 Days Later and. Uh, Zack Snyder's Gone of the Dead is how do we feel about that? <laughs> yeah. Managed to get this this film made mm-hmm. with a decent budget at Universal. So before we get into that, did you want to do the uh, vitals and we'll I, I absolutely do. I would love to. Uh so obviously written and directed by George A. Romero, uh the legendary filmmaker. Um our cast is Simon Baker, it stars as Riley Denbo, John Leguizamo as the demon clown from Spawn. Um, no, his name is Cholo <laughs> Cholo Demora. Uh, Dennis Hopper as Kaufman. Uh, Asia, uh, Asia yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna accidentally say Asia at least once this episode. So yeah, no, I totally yeah. Uh, but yeah, Asia, Asia Argento uh, plays Slack. Robert Joy as Charlie. Eugene Clark playing uh Big Daddy. And then we have a bunch of zombies. Joanne right. Boland. Tony Napo, Jennifer Baxter, Boyd Banks, uh, Jasmine Jeljo. Hmm, that's an interesting name. Uh, and we have some other people. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Joanne, they're not all zombies. Joanne Boland right. is Pretty Boy. Right. Um, uh, Jennifer Baxter is number nine. Tony Napo, Foxy. Um, yeah, they're all kind of mixed in here. But uh, right. Pedro Miguel Arce. Arc, Arce? Probably R.C. Pedro Miguel R.C. as Pillsbury. Mm-hmm. Krista Bridges as Motown. Uh, we've got Phil Fondacaro uh, uh, as um, Chihuahua. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, that apparently is that character's name. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of the main cast. Um, Jonathan Whitaker, Jonathan Walker. Uh, is right. there anybody? I don't want to. Sorry, Daryl Hannah. Anybody? So no, I'm just think, taking a yeah. quick look, but I think that's the primary major cast. Uh, yep. Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright both, of course, do cameos. Um, and Tom Savini, of course, uh, right. plays uh, what it's called? Yeah, it's called Machete Zombie in right. the credits, but he is Blades from the original from uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Right. But that seems to be the main movers and shakers of the film. Yeah. And so, uh, where do we so, start off with this? <laughs> well, I guess we dive into the major reason why we're doing it, right? right. I mean, like the uh, it came to mind immediately as we were kind of talking about movies to deal with uh, social structure and class. Right. 
uh, as the premise of this movie is kind of ties back a little bit to what you and I talked about way back at the beginning when we did the stand mm-hmm. uh, about uh, the apocalypse fantasy and why that appeals to so many people. Right. Um, and usually that appeals to people, I think, because of the uh, I'm going to be a badass right. uh, you know, kind of concept. This movie plays a little bit with that. But um, the other thing that I think appeals to people when it comes to particularly zombie apocalypse or other apocalyptic movies is the idea that the social structure that we currently participate in is destroyed. Right. Uh, It's the great equalizer, you know, suddenly, you know, doesn't matter, you know, if you work at McDonald's or uh, you know, or uh, do janitorial like you do or do uh, theater management like I do. Uh, there is no longer anything different between us and uh, Zack Snyder, right. you know, like he's got a ton of money that matters nothing anymore in the event mm-hmm. of the apocalypse and land of the dead uh, presupposes that's nonsense. Right. And in fact, social... or at least that given enough times, they'll reestablish a social order, you know? Right. And that right. social order will still be based around money. Um right even though that makes no sense. And, uh, but however, the, what makes it work is it feels like it would work, right? Right. Like it, it's certainly something that we go, we, when we watch the movie and obviously us as audience, we're supposed to be, you know, we're obviously not on Kaufman's side. We're not on Dennis Hopper's character's side, but we look at it from any sort of rational perspective, which is the way Riley looks at it, which is, well, Mm. wait, why are you chasing money? What good is money? Money is, is ostensibly just, paper um it's a it's paper that we ascribe value it's, to it's IO, ious from a government that no longer exists you right know? <laughs> but this movie kind of presupposes the idea that that money will still matter right but and it only matters because the person at the top says it matters mm-hmm. and um it actually reminded me a little bit of uh it's probably one of the only chapters i actually remember from world war z the book mm-hmm. which was the wealthy people throw the party Oh, right. The and they hire mansion. the security. Yeah. Right. And eventually when the zombies are storming the gates, the security guys realize that their money doesn't matter anymore. And they just right. abandon the wealthy people yeah. to be eaten because right. they're like, well, wait a minute. Why, what are we risking our lives for? Uh, oh, wait, no, it's not the zombies that come. It's the people. Right. The people. The people show up because they live stream it. And they're like, right. we're having our zombie party. And people are like, well, wait a minute. We can just right. go eat you. We can go take your yeah. stuff. And... um. And uh, they do. And then the security guards are like, well, wait a minute. We're on their side. Uh, They're right. Um, This movie, uh, it kind of suggests that doesn't happen, which is interesting. And and I wonder what I found myself wondering, and this, I guess, will be the first kind of discussion point would be, uh, do you think that's real or not? Uh, Because part of me thinks, yeah, that's probably how exactly how it would go. Right. I I think so. Um, You know, especially with, um, the majority of the people living in basically a slum. Um, I would have liked to have seen, you know, like literally like where they live because um, they, they can't all be like, you know, living outdoors. This is ostensibly Pittsburgh. So it's going to be cold in the winter time and yeah. you know, hot in the summer. Um, so if they had like some, you know, 
showed a neighborhood of like row houses or something like that where you know these people actually like do live you know some of them the ones that don't actually just live on the street yeah. um but yeah i think i think it's a realistic enough uh depiction of how things would probably resettle um maybe you know maybe it wouldn't be about money as much as it would be you know who who owed who could control the tower or who controls like the water supply or you know the food supply or whatever mm-hmm. um but you know using money for that i guess is is, is a fine enough stand in um but yeah the, i uh even though the people at the bottom outnumber the people at the top, like they still probably wouldn't, you know, do much to rise up because, you know, one or two of them might, and then they get shot, you know? Right. Or, you know, a couple of them might do a rise up and they did it. They just get kicked out of the city altogether. And, you know, everybody else says, okay, well, we have to, you know, stay in line. I mean, right. That's basically how society handles itself now. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's what works about the film, I think, is this right. that, that idea that, you know, this is essentially how it works now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get we get our scraps from right. the mega wealthy in exchange for this vague idea of security or safety. Right. Um, which is certainly the, the way this thing seems set up is that, that there's the top guys, which is basically Dennis Hopper. And then he's got like three or four guys that work for him all right. uh white empty suits uh yeah. and then there's still uh this is my favorite thing about it is i noticed it almost immediately of course there's a montage of like people at dinner of the guys at dinner and then there's still a guy a waiter comes right. up and puts down and I, all i could think about was like imagine imagine the end of the world happens and mm-hmm. you're like great awesome and then they're like well we want you to be a waiter be like you fucking right. dicks like are you and, kidding me right now right and he put he drops off like bob like glasses of tang you know it's, yeah it's not even you know because yes yeah. you know what the what they'd probably be you know drinking barring you know finding a stash of champagne or something yeah 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 it's really weird it's uh well actually they may be drinking actual alcohol because they do uh imply Mm-hmm. that alcohol is is again it's a, something that only the wealthy get to have right uh I, I think i think it was supposed to be like screwdrivers made with tang to be yeah. honest yeah, yeah it could be yeah but yeah it's uh although i mean i I guess we probably should also clarify i watched the director's cut i don't know yeah same here oh, did you okay yeah um i don't remember what uh, the only thing i really remember is that in the original theatrical version i thought there was more of the zombies in the theatrical version um, um, I think there's the same amount of zombies, but they cut out some of the human scenes. Like, oh, really? Uh, yeah, like the scene where um, Cholo finds the guy that hung himself. That entire sequence isn't there. Okay, that, and they, I and they, remember, yeah. And they shortened they shortened a couple other scenes with the humans, so it feels like there's more zombie stuff in the theatrical. I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, and then of it, course, then of course, there's you know all the gore effects that you know they shortened trimmed or cut out entirely you know right right um but yeah i mean i I was thinking the uh that's one of the things that i was thinking about a lot of which was uh that that the class system still remaining of there's still a service class right um and uh it just reminded me i was like back to what we were talking about with the stand which was you know i might because of the magic 
elements of the stand, I might check out Boulder. Right. But probably as soon as they started singing, you know, doing the you know national anthem, I probably would have turned around and left. Right. Um, and been like, I'm better off on my own, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like that's the same thing. I would have gone to like Fiddler's Green and they would have been like, Well, you're gonna uh uh you know, flip burgers for the right. wealthy. I'd have been like, actually, no, I'm I'm gonna leave, I think. I'm gonna go find a house someplace. Um right. you know, yeah, I guess there's find that, an that, island somewhere, you know. Yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll figure something out. Right. But um, but no thanks. Um because that is the appeal of the apocalypse to me is I go back to that the same thing we talked about the stand where it's like, you know, that's the ideal apocalypse where I'm like, well, everybody else is dead. So it's right. nice and quiet. And uh, I could just go like live in a house and fish and right. be like, all right, fine. Um, that's what I'm seeing about the whole time watching later the dead. I'd be like all of this. And it's funny about the film. All of it from beginning to end is sort of all of this is unnecessary and never needs to happen. Right. But it only happens because people are people. And yeah. which is what Romero does exceptionally well um, is obviously the social, those social themes of right. people are just making this worse. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's. Yeah. Yeah. Famously, all of his zombie movies are like, you know, well, the zombies aren't really that much of an issue. Like it's, it's right. people's reaction to them that are yeah messing everything up. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead. They're not that they're, they're not really all that threatening if everybody right. just worked together. Right. Um, you know, in, in Dawn of the Dead, it's like actually everything is fine until people break in. Right. Uh Day of the Dead is, you know, we're actually fine as long as the military doesn't act like Jags. And of course they right. do. Uh, you know, and this movie is, you know, if the wealthy weren't wealthy, right. we would never problem. Um if everybody was just working together in like a little socialist commune, yeah, it'd probably be fine. But right, and, and if fact, everybody if everybody would leave the zombies alone, they'd be fine too. That's because, true. That's the other know, part the, of this. The under underclass in this is, of course, the zombies, and they're the ones who revolt. Yeah, right. Um, great they're stuff. Tired of, they're tired of you know people coming into their where they live and messing shit up. Yeah, shooting them. Yeah, right. I mean, why not? Um, yep. but yeah, like it's uh, it's it's some it the best stuff in this movie is Big Daddy, in my opinion. I mean, right. like it's, uh, you know, his response to these marauders kind of entering in, and he's trying to get the other zombies to like get, get down out of the way, right? Yeah, like you know, he's he's under he's understanding something that might mm-hmm. might you know his people are in danger, uh, and they aren't figuring it out, and then finally he's getting them to figure it out, and right. um, it's the type of thing that. Uh, We'll get, I guess, in a little bit into the criticisms of this movie, I suppose, which is, mm-hmm. first of all, there's too many plots in this movie. Right. Uh, there's like four movies happening in this movie. But one of the things I re- was thinking about watching it this time was I was like, you know, if you made this movie now, mm-hmm. it would be 90 minutes of zombies. Right. Figuring things out. Like it would be, that's the art house version. You know, mm-hmm. it's Big Daddy being like, oh, this gun works. How right. fascinating. Uh, like no dialogue for 90 minutes. It would just be like <laughs> right, groaning right. and like them figuring out tools yeah. and rising up against the people. And I would watch the hell out of that movie. Oh, for sure. Um, And then there's the plot of, you know, Fiddler's Green's downfall. Uh, and then there's the plot about like going to get the tank, mm-hmm. which I'm um, like, I guess Riley needs something to do. But right. um it all it all kind of scrambles together in a way that I don't think works all that well. Um, as I said to you before we started, that I was kind of 
perusing a little bit of TV tropes just to remind I mean, I watched this movie three days ago and I don't remember much about it. Right. Because I was kind of like, this isn't the most memorable of films. No. Um, and it goes back, you know, we talked about with Wes Craven when we did a month on him that, uh, you know, th- not everything these visionary directors did was gold. Right. And um, Romero didn't have the greatest end to his career. Right. Um, and this is sort of the beginning of the end, I think, in some ways. Yeah. Like, um, it's a it's a valiant effort, mm-hmm. Land of the Dead. But I don't think it really, obviously the themes resonate. I mean, right. we can we can watch that and appreciate, you know, what's going on with Big Daddy and the zombies. We can appreciate what's going on with people in Fiddler's Green. We it's not subtle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get it. Um, but I don't think the film the film is just really right. uh quite lightweight and, well, and it's, it's it's weird because it's kind of like almost feels like it's written by a committee of one. Mm-hmm. Um where it feels like they took a bunch of, you know earlier drafts i mean they did i shouldn't say it feels like they did they took a lot of earlier drafts of the script where you know the story was completely different it just kind of you know kept uh kept each each plot and threw them together you know for the Mm -hmm. final product um you know even going so far back as he you know took some stuff from like you know the original day of the dead script yeah you know and threw it in here it's like you know start fresh start page one you know do do a rewrite yeah. and bring it all together. Um, which which does it makes it feel like it's the film's um a little little scattershot, a little bit overstuffed. Yeah. Um, to where you know, especially compared to you know the earlier films in this series, where you know people are mixed on Day of the Dead, even you know like Day of the mm-hmm. Dead. Yeah. Um, which I I love Day of the Dead, but you know I I get it. It's um. It's a screamy film. It's a, it's everybody. It's an hour and a half of everybody shouting at each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas this one, like, you know, feels like lesser than than the than those three because those first three films were made with much more of a laser focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you know of the the facts of you know low budget filmmaking you know you can't have a huge sweeping epic you know you have to pick one aspect of the story and, and stick with it whereas this one you know the first time he's ever really had a budget to work with like it feels like he got pulled in too many different directions maybe and even that the expanded budget didn't really do him any good like it, right. it's not even that good looking a movie um it's it's biggest set pieces are like it's like a double-decker bus with right. some guns on it and i'm kind of like all right like sure you had a right. few more locations maybe yeah you had more extras you know uh that works but i'm like it's um it's still like it doesn't it still doesn't look like it's a, like a bigger budget like any more than i think his other work right but because that's what i was saying. i was actually you're, i'm right. surprised to hear you say that because um... i thought it was still low budget <laughs> but what was the budget on this picture no it's it had a about 15 million i think oh, okay you know not yeah. a huge budget but a lot bigger than he's used to working with that's a lot for romero so, yeah 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 um and then they gave him some more money to go back and do reshoots mm-hmm. um but you know the the budget's there on the screen but you know it's not maybe it's not in the story you know i think 
you're right. Like it could have used a couple more locations and maybe like a little bit of maybe a, maybe a, maybe an action sequence or something mm-hmm. would have worked. Um, because you know, it, uh, as well as it looks, you know, where they you know used were able to have the money to use CGI to take out you know the city lights and stuff, so nothing looks like it's electrified anymore. Right. Um, you know. At the same time, you know, we're we're still talking like you said, like it's double decker bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and it's it's. I feel like if there's one thing that this movie could have actually gotten rid of, it's the bus too. Right. I feel like that MacGuffin doesn't really pay off. It's it feels very much like well, we need something for these guys to do, and I'm like, well, do you right. need do you need them at all? Like, right. um, you know, uh, honestly, the. You know, uh, you're better. I think a more streamlined film is zombies are coming. They're figuring shit out. They're coming right. for the Cabrini Green and then Cabrini Green, you know, literally shits itself. Yeah. Uh, and is unable to hold. Yeah. Um, you could even have Cholo holding the place hostage by saying, you know, oh, I planted charges, you know, in the throat. And it's going to blow up all your electrified fences that hold yeah. the zombies out, you know. Yeah. We don't even need Cholo at all is what I'm saying. Right. Really. Uh, I yeah. mean, yeah, you could just have the zombies are coming and then it, I mean, it's basically just large scale Night of the Living Dead. Like right. zombies are coming. We could handle that if we weren't too busy being dicks to each other. Right. Um, instead, there is this subplot, which is sort of the like main plot for the second act of yeah. Cholo has stolen the, the dead reckoning, the dead reckoning right. to go like he's going to blow up people, I guess. I mean, yeah. because and bec- unless they give him money, which again, doesn't the money doesn't actually matter because they won't give him a place anyway. Right. Um it's really kind of weird that his response to that is not like go kill him, like right. not go kill Kaufman, um, which I think actually would have made an even better plot as well. If it was like Kaufman mm-hmm. being, if Kaufman went to Riley and said, you need to protect me from Chola. Right. Um, and in return, you'll get your car. Uh, I almost feel like that would make a better story where Cholo's mm-hmm. men are storming through Cabrini, uh, not Cabrini green. That's right. something else. Uh, Fiddler's Green uh, and zombies are coming. That might right. work because again, there's that infighting among the actual civilization. Yeah. Um, but well, they don't even the, think about you know going to kill Kaufman because they they've assumed that Kaufman's untouchable. Right. I mean, and you know, being the top the top of the one percent, you know that yeah. they couldn't get to him even if they tried. Yeah. Um, which obviously is. And by the end is undercut by the the fact that you know a couple of zombies get to him. <laughs> yeah, but that's it, but, it, but he is a touchable because Cholo's in the room with him. I mean, Cholo right, could have right. killed him right there. Um, yeah. But instead, he's like, "I want five million dollars." Like, well, for what, really? Right. Um, is there are there are there other markets out there that will take your five million dollars? There must think, be. Yeah, there must be other, other cities like this or something. But then they even established they're like they're talking about it. Cholo's like, "Oh, maybe I'll try that other outpost." And rather, we haven't right. heard from them in six months. Right. Uh, you know, uh, is there anybody else out there? We don't know. Um, right. So I don't know what he's going to plan when he's doing with his five million. Like he had, yeah. The the film's core conflict is cholo and riley are not getting along and cholo's like i'm gonna be retiring too i've got all this money and i'm gonna buy a place in in fiddler's green and then he's told well no we're not gonna let you in because you're not white yeah you know and uh and i'm like all right so you're gonna kill him now cholo no no you're gonna go steal a bus okay um 
and hold it for ransom, right? Uh, for stuff that won't be useful to you. Yeah, um, I would have done Riley's plan. You know, the same thing as Riley, just like taking stolen the bus and gotten the hell out of there. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just we've been like, take well, my career with me, and you know, good good luck to you. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I mean. Is the real the real threat from that is and really should have been, uh, you know, it, Cholo kind of makes it, but he doesn't. Which is also, look, you're the core leadership of your supply getters, right? Are leaving. Um, we're going to leave, and then you're going to have to figure out how to get stuff. That is what you. And that's where this movie sort of, I think, collapses a little bit where I'm like, well, you want to talk about the working class, mm-hmm. the, the big threat, the only threat we have left in our modern society is we stop working. Right. Right. Um, and the problem is we can't afford to stop working. So we don't. But um, and but now what the most effective and in, in probably even in the late 20th century, early 21st century, the most effective thing the working class has ever been able to do is strike. Right. And usually sometimes at least that works where you say, you know, uh, well, look, Starbucks, you give mm-hmm. us more money or we don't work. Uh, and Starbucks goes, well, we'll get other people to work and then find out, oh, shit, no, nobody mm-hmm. wants to work here. Um, you know, that to me is where this movie misses the misses the mark where i'm like well honestly the real central conflict needs to be riley's done cholo's done right. who's going to run the place who's going right. to run who's going to go get you your you know you know your fruity pebbles from right zombieville yeah that you need um that's it's obvious they haven't put any points into you know building you know farming equipment or anything like no, that you know no so, and of course, that's the thing is that, you know, uh, in one of the things, of course, that also is, you know, uh, part of the theme of that movie mm-hmm. is that, you know, uh, Fiddler's Green does not produce anything. Right. Which is dumb as hell. Yeah. Um, you need to, you know, produce something. And you're in Philadelphia. I mean, right. Right. Or Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, in Pittsburgh, I mean, there's steel mills. Why aren't you right. building things? Yeah. Um, you know, why aren't you making things? Um, but you know, why aren't there? Why haven't you? And the reason, of course, is because we all want to live in our ivory cat, ivory tower, right? But I'm like, no, the real solution to this is you need to, you know, carve out some farmland and right. start producing things because that's what you need. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, such a, it's such a kind of there's an absurd quality to land of the dead that Mm -hmm. both works and doesn't work. I think that's what I'm getting at. Right. If you, if you follow me, um, you know, like there is this, I mean, obviously it's meant to be almost sort of cartoonish in how, you know, Dennis Hopper's basically, I'm surprised he's as subdued as he is. (laughs) Right. You know, there's a little bit of like, you know, I mean, when we first meet him, he's like basically does like a bond villain turn. Like he's like Mm -hmm. in a chair with a cigar you know, and like, you know, right. what have you brought me today? You know, my underling, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, and by the end, he's completely unhinged, you know, yelling, right. yelling uh, racial slurs at people and, you know, yeah, with his bags of money. They might as well, they <laughs> might as well have given him bags of money with like dollar right. signs on it, Um, you know, uh, that uh, then I'm kind of wondering why Dennis Hopper was so subdued. I feel like I, if, if I were in George Romero's position, I would have been like, "All right, Dennis, just right. nuts." You know, and this is you know, 
he's playing it, you know, like he's a Bush era politician. So I guess, you know, it makes sense. Like, um, I think, I think he said he played it like, you know, he was based it out of like Donald Rumsfeld, you know, right. <laughs> Stuff right. like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this came out in 2005. So it was right in the middle of the, the war in Iraq and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I I wish it would have came out a couple years later because I think um, a more apt metaphor for this movie to have gotten into would have been like Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, a lot of things that politicians um, screw up on mm-hmm. in the mid-2000s are very much very land of the dead. Um, right. You know, where it's poor, poor, uh, poor planning, poor decision-making, ultimately hurting nobody but the uh under underprivileged you know, right the, the poor class get get screwed which of course hasn't changed at all right. in 20 years or whatever it is now uh close to 20 years still only 20 years old at yeah. this point this movie um closer to 20 than it is 10 you know yeah actually i think it's 18 yeah yep. 18 years yep. um and um yeah it's it's and so for those reasons, I mean, I think it works. I, 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 you know, I, I started watching it and went immediately like, okay, we made the right call. You right. know, if this is what we're talking about this month and we're talking about the evils of capitalism and the evils of the wealthy, Land of the Dead is a great choice because it right. really is a movie about the wealthy screwing everybody else over. And then yeah. of course, like the wonderful moment, I mean, and it, it hits, I think it's supposed to hit horrifically, mm-hmm. but it doesn't now, which is they all get eaten. Right. Uh, the Dead Reckoning shows up to save the day and they're all dead. And mm-hmm. I actually kind of actually laughed a little at that moment. And I was like, I think I'm supposed to see this as horrifying, like the characters do. They're like, oh, we were too right. late to save them. I'm like, you were too late to save the assholes. Right. You know, and then there's the moment of, well, well look, not everyone is dead. And then it's right. all the poor people come yeah, out. Yeah. And like, we just pushed them in front of us. Right. It's cool. We're okay. Uh, they, the good ones they wanted to be okay. the ones right near the fence, you know? Yeah. So. We let them. We let them happen. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that made me kind of laugh. Where I was like, you know, like, wait, look, the good people are still alive. Right. <laughs> I'm like, um, they don't say the words "good." They just right. say like, look, there's people still alive. Uh, it's a miracle. And I'm like, actually, yeah. it's just basic intelligence. Really, it's the right. wealthy people, you know, running to the fence and then being like, oh, we can't leave the fence. And the right. zombies are here, and we're in trouble. And their response to that is apparently wet them. and uh and because none of them know how to fight which that's my that's always been my zombie plan anyways wet them yes yeah you know my zombie plan is is was always just like never go anywhere you know it's uh it's kind of my my plan for regular life it's you know when people say like you know how you plan in the zombie apocalypse i'm like well as it is i don't like talking to any of you anyway so it's like i actually would probably be fine (laughs) I would just have to find a, find ways of gaining sustenance, but ultimately right. it's, you know, it's like, like it was like with pandemic, they were like, Oh no, how would we cope? And right. I'm like rather easily actually. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I you mean, I don't have to leave the house. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the zombie apocalypse. And obviously this is our first, it's not our, is our first Romero. Have we covered a Romero. No, film? we did creep show. We did a creep show. That's right. Yep um this is our uh, first like written and directed by romero yeah but, and our uh, first zombie film we haven't done a right. zombie film no no um 
but yeah, and we'll we'll get to we'll get right. to those obviously maybe this summer, mm-hmm. um, like we thought we would do last summer and then we didn't. So, mm-hmm. but this summer maybe. But, um, but yeah, I mean the zombie apocalypse idea uh, as a as an ideal of like badassery was never my thing. Um, right. I remember in in high school, my friends were all like, "Here's our zombie apocalypse plan," and I'm like, "That's what." Right. What the hell is a zombie apocalypse plan? And like, well, this is what happens right. to zombies attack. I'm like, we die. Yeah, that's what happens when the zombie apocalypse happens. I think right. we talked about that a little bit with the stand we, where I said like, we die whole... quick or we die slow, but we die. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's it's luck. Yeah, it's all the kind of depends on where you are when it starts, right? And what kind of resources you have. Uh, you know, that's you know, honestly, your best zombie apocalypse plan is the same thing as any doomsday prepper. Right. It's cans of canned food bottled water and a good lock on your door and that's it but you have to be lucky enough to be home when it happens yeah. if you you know it's one of the things that doomsday preppers ever think about i guess like, what if you're not home you know or if what if you're do, at the mall you know right. or do you doomsday know. preppers ever go anywhere or do they just kind of stay home and order order well, well i think it's offline maybe i don't know i, I mean, know. the idea of like building a uh, building a like shelter right. and i'm like but yeah but if you ever leave the house Right, might not make it back. Like it's it's really a kind of a sort of true, a, true. A idea. Yeah. If the bombs drop, I mean, like, well, I guess you better hope you're home when that right. happens. You're not at the hospital, or you're not at work, or you're not right. you know wherever. Um, it's uh like the uh, like the you know uh Twilight Zone episode and the end of the world, and it just so happens Burgess Meredith survives because he happens to be in a bank vault. Right. Um. That's what it is. It's luck. Night of the Living Dead is all about luck. It's random people who randomly happened to be in the general vicinity when this happens and they find this house and they're like, okay, Um, survival is only is based entirely upon luck of the draw. Right. Um, You know, there is no such thing as like, I'm going to go be a badass and go out and kill zombies. No, you can't. Right. Stop. But, you know, it's. um, and you pre-exist know. some pre-existing condition. I mean, like you know, if you live yeah. in a place that's you know, right? A, like if you live, you know, above the the frost line, you know, and and somewhere up in Canada near the Arctic Circle, you know, you might be better off because the zombies yeah. will all freeze, right? Um, or if you you're a rich person who you know already has an entourage and a panic room, you know, you're you're better set up for that. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, it's one of the things I think Lando that he kind of talks about was also that the, you know, the zombie apocalypse, you know, survival plan really is a privilege of the rich. Right. Um, You know, uh, it's not something that anybody can just do. Um, And this is probably the only zombie movie I can think of that refutes the -hmm. general idea of uh, everyman survival. Um, Like this certainly suggests that you know, wealth and power allowed the creation mm-hmm. of a lo- of an environment that was zom- somewhat zombie proof, but right. without it, you're just a bunch of people living in shanty town uh, who rely on you know electric fences. Uh, there's not really that many. It's not like Ben, right. you know, who is just a badass. Like he's like, well, mm-hmm. it turns out I'm actually pretty good at killing zombies, right? Um, or guys who were trained for it, like in Dawn of the Dead. Right. Um, we have our everyman badasses, but they're not really everyman. They're 
you know, badasses. I mean, right. uh, Riley is as close to an everyman as we get mm-hmm. um, in this picture. But what do you think about Riley, by the way? Do you think this character is engaging or dynamic? Or do you think, I? because I kind of feel he's kind he's, of bland. And, he's just kind of bland. Um, yeah. You know, he's kind of there. But that was, for whatever reason, that was how they wanted to write him. I mean, you know, he even has that speech where, you know, nothing bad ever happened to me, you know? Yeah. You know, every, everybody's got a story and I don't want to hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of the few moments I liked him in. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't have a story that I want to hear yours. Right. Um, Don't tell me because I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Right. Um, Although I wish that was actually who he was and not like, well, yes, I'm a sucker for a sad story. Like right. ultimately at the end of the day, but it, it was never earned. Cause that's the thing is the whole movie, like Ozzy Argento is like moony eyes at him. And I'm like, really right. this asshole? Like he's yeah. not, it's he's not all not, that. You know? Yeah. He's not all that interesting. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess in a world where your other choices are John Leguizamo or, uh, yeah, or, or the burned guy, you know? Yeah. You know, I guess it's, I guess he's pretty good, but right. Um, he's not a particularly interesting protagonist. Um, uh, We see he's a little bit, you know, he's willing to risk his life for stuff, but, and we get that he's heroic, but there's not much to him. No, there's just, um, he's kind of like, was it Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan where like, you know, his lack of character is his character. Yeah. I wonder if that was an influence. Was this before or after Saving (sighs) Private Ryan? I think this was after. Yeah, now I'm, now that you say that, I'm wondering if he was actually an influence on that right. because there is be. something to that idea of they're like you know, uh, in Saving Private Ryan, of course, was the whole thing of like what the captain's story was or whatever, right? And then he ter- kind of turns around and just says, "I was just some school teacher. I'm really right. not that interesting." And they're like, "Wow, we've had all these theories about you," and he's like, "I'm just some guy. <laughs> right. Um, I was nobody special." Yeah, Private Ryan was 98. Okay, yeah, well before, yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, wow, really? Yeah. Jeez. I'm just I every once in a while I'm just like absolutely blown away by how old certain movies are. It's right. really weird. Does that happen to you? That must happen to you. Yeah, yeah. You're older than I am. So yeah, right. I mean, it must be like, you know, I remember Saving Private Ryan coming out ten years ago. Right. And I'm like, no, ten years ago I was yeah. thirty. Uh it was well <laughs> right. before that. But no, I wonder if that is now that you say that, I actually do find that the that similarity is actually pretty mm-hmm. compelling. Yeah. Right. I'm like, yeah, I wonder if that was the case. It's a There's choice a little... made, but I don't know if I've, you know, totally agree with it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it's in fact actually a lot of the plot of that seems very saving private Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh but uh by the way, that's the other thing that uh, speaking of unearned, uh mm-hmm. the the death of the first guy, the matador or whatever his name is. Right. Uh I'm like, they try to play that as if that moment matters. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, really? This I mean, he was in one scene. He had like four lines, and they're right. like, "Well, we've lost Matador." And I'm like, you've, "I don't." You've gotten cares. killed by the worst effect in the film, so I don't know yeah. how much I'm supposed to feel about you. Yeah, it's so it's so strange. Right. Um, a lot of this movie is strange. Um, yeah. I don't. Uh, it's. I mean, you feel more for like Miguel in Day of the Dead, and he's a prick, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, this guy is just like we haven't even established him other than you know okay you think you're a matador good for yeah you, buddy. good you for know? you pal uh yeah <laughs> right. well, i don't know who you are but yeah, yeah it's um but yeah that that whole scene where they're introduced like here's three other characters that are going with you i'm like wait why right. 
Right. Um, does the script need these characters? Right. Uh, did they, are they going to offer much? No, not really. Okay. No. Like, I mean, uh, whatever they call him, whatever offensive name they gave him, um, Matolo or something like that. Or yeah, the uh, no, I'm trying to find it now because I, I I remember it was a name. I was kind of like, really, like, um, what didn't they call him something stupid? Manalete. Pillsbury. Pillsbury. Oh, okay. Pillsbury. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm like, really? Uh, Pillsbury, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, Pillsbury, I'm sure, will be a very compelling character. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. He's, you know, the friendly guy, I guess. Right. Like, it's... He's the, he's the smart one, the one who knows to, to switch sides. Okay, yeah. got it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, if again, if they had made... If he had just... If Romero had chosen to make that movie, right? just that movie, you could have earned that. Uh, you know... Um, you know, if it was just go get the go get the truck mm-hmm. from terrorist guy and the zombies are just ancillary figures, uh, that movie works, I think. But you have to make right. that movie. You can't make that and two other movies. Um, I feel like you could have earned that. And I feel like right. we're kind of like, yay, Pillsbury switches sides. That's great, I guess. But um, I wonder if he just. He just, you know, had a sense that like this was his only chance to do this, so he's gonna use all the ideas he can, you know, yeah. all, all at once. Yeah. Well, then I mean, he made two more, but right, yeah. but you know, not with this kind of budget, and you know, not with any sort of means. Um, yeah. And some might say not with any sort of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other two yeah. are just well, the other two. I still haven't seen Diary of the Dead. Um, uh, I've seen. My least favorite of the series. Uh, you like it less than Survival? I thought yeah. Survival was awful. Survival, watched... Survival uh, is the one that everybody hates, seems to hate the most, but I hate Diary more. Really? Okay. Yeah. Is it the found Just, footage thing, or like, is it? Yeah, because it's really bad at being found footage. Oh, okay. It doesn't yeah. like. It, it's a bad movie, but it's also like terrible at being found footage. Like, well, I mean, you've seen you you've seen it. I'm assuming. Diary that it. Diary? No, I haven't survival. seen Survival. Okay. Okay. Diary I haven't seen. Survival no. I've seen. They they forget how to do found footage a lot of the time in it. So it's oh. it's kind of annoying on top oh, okay. of being bad. All right. Uh yeah, I mean I, I remember I barely remember Survival of the Dead, other and right. that's part of the problem. Right. I, was, I remember watching it going, I don't I don't care about this at all. And um uh isn't there like there's like four zombies in that movie or something, right? It's right. like, yeah, there's nothing going on in it, but uh, that's another movie altogether. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you might be right. I mean, I think there might be a little bit of a, a, a sort of sense of panic maybe mm-hmm. that came with this script that was sort of like, I need to just kind of do everything I want to do right. here. Um, I mean, he spent, you know, the, the last decade not being able to get movies made. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like he, you yeah. know, didn't know <laughs> yeah well i remember an interview the with struggle. him i remember an interview with him saying that he had written written this script years prior and uh, right. or at least a version of it nobody wanted to touch it after 9 11 right uh that he had had it ready to go around 2001 and then they were like mm-hmm. well 9 11 so we don't want to do social commentary right. um yeah well the he, other thing was that i think back then it was a more um or focused on the on the well the script back then was just called dead reckoning so it was, it was mainly focused on 
the plot of them stealing the dead reckoning and oh. holding the city hostage. Um, which would have been a better film than the one we got, I think. Right. But yeah. Um, um, but you know, shortly after nine 11, nobody wants to make a film where, you know, the, that's the plot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I would have watched that movie. Right. I think I would have watched Dead Reckoning. I mean, like, um, I, I think that there is something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think it works that well. I mean, um, obviously, like, there's some stuff here, too, that just feels, it feels like, it, it, this is one of the things I was noticing this time around, is I felt like this movie was like, you know, George Romero, normally, he's able to project a certain level of cool into his mm-hmm. work anyway. This is him trying to be cool. Okay. And it feels very forced to me Ozzy Argento like this whole movie feels too forced for me and I mean now look I'm not mm-hmm. complaining mm-hmm. about looking at Ozzy Argento this mm-hmm. whole movie okay like it's the best part of the film in my opinion I, I was like, mm-hmm. like wow this is a beautiful beautiful woman and uh, she's tough and cool and I'm like yep I'm enjoying right. that part um, character has nothing to her no. uh, she's basically that's it it's she's mm-hmm. cool and she has guns and right. uh and she's hot and we're like okay uh, i'm like look that's fine but right. it feels very forced to me like this is something that uh you like you said it, it goes i think it's like that same idea like you said like the committee of one right like that idea of i'm appeasing other people who aren't here and it it's just really weird to me um mm-hmm. same thing with uh even um What's his name? Uh, uh, Charlie. You know, right. uh, even though he probably does have some of the best line, he probably has the best line to probably the best actor in the whole movie. Yeah, I love um, yeah, Charlie is is interesting. Robert Joy, right? Um, you know, a great moment of you know them offering the automatic weapon and him going, uh, I don't usually need that many. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, like they're like, well, fire with more bullets. He's like, I don't, I don't need that many. I just, you know, I score one hit. Right. And that's it. Um, you know, it's, uh, but then they have to like, try to do that one up and she scene with, uh, with Asia. And I was like, Oh, why? What? No. Right. Like, who cares? Like, you know, as she shoots him in the ear or whatever. And I'm like, you know, right. I'm like, it's, I guess it's played for laughs, but I'm like, yes, we get it. They're all good with guns. Right. Like yippee. You, what you a, have to be to make it this far into the apocalypse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, and at least that's that's earned. Like uh, Ozzy Argento right. kind of says, like, here's the thing: I have all this background where I was training to to fight, mm-hmm. and then they decided I was a hot chick, and that's what they were going to do with me. Right? Um, like that is interesting, but it never gets used or played with, or uh, no. or even discussed past that moment. Um, right? You know, how about uh, you know a scene in which that's useful in some way? Um. Mm-hmm. Or not useful in some way like right. you know uh you know where how about a scene in which like she tries nice nice and it doesn't work because she's actually not a very good prostitute mm-hmm. like that would have scored that would have sold well with me you right. know um you know but uh but but my point is that even with charlie it's mm-hmm. sort of like well okay we get it he's an unconventional badass character right uh but still feels forced it's like well you get it he's cool i guess yeah. it's it, it it's like very boondock saints to me you know what i mean <laughs> right 
It does. Am yeah. I making? Am I making sense? Am I making myself? Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like it, it's. I was almost like, yeah, I saw the Matrix too, right? You know, like it's cool to have like badass gun shows stuff, right. but I'm kind of like, how about a little bit more ingenuity, a little bit mm-hmm. more cleverness to our heroes? I mean, like, not to mention that getting Dead Reckoning is actually remarkably easy. Right, you um, just go up there and get it. Apparently, yeah, they walk up the front door, knock on the door, right? Uh, Cholo sticks his head out. They like punch him. Take the, take the <laughs> right. bus. I'm like, all right. Yep. right okay that was worth that was well worth the journey um right. like two people died on your way here but it yeah. was not uh apparently you could have taken that in two seconds um not to mention he had like magic jammer in his right. pocket which i'm like really you don't even have to disable the weapon or anything nope. no nope. okay just gotta press a button <laughs> gotta press a button it's fine i guess yep. yeah um but yeah i mean it's yeah, I mean, I love, uh, I do love the zombie thing. I, I love uh, those scenes, particularly um, early on with Big Daddy, right. uh, you know, yelling incoherently and like pushing zombies to the ground or like, you know, there's a moment that's sort of played for laughs, but it's not very funny, which is like he's holding the guy and his head gets caught off. Right. He's still holding the head. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of goofy, but it's like, I'm like, actually, you know, this is, actually quite tragic from his perspective like it's and the fact that he has a perspective Mm -hmm. um i remember an interview it was like i think it was in the even scarier movie moments that bravo did at one point where uh a critic kind of said that referred to the zombies learning to to use tools made them more terrifying and i went i think oh i think if you look at it from that perspective but i'm like no we're on we're supposed to be on their side they're not supposed to be right. terrifying anymore uh we're supposed to be cheering big daddy on i i are you missing the point of this movie I think young so, lady yeah. um yeah but i remember being thinking being a very uh anthropocentric viewpoint mm-hmm. of like well now they're even scarier because they're learning how to become us and i'm like they never weren't us right um that's uh something that's mentioned in land of the dead but not really followed up on much by the characters mm-hmm. they don't i mean riley at the end like he says like well look at those beautiful animals <laughs> like gaining, right, yeah. gaining independence uh didn't the theatrical cut have them shooting off the fireworks in celebration at the end did i go mad with it mad and think that you remember that um they've shoot off the fireworks but in both cuts yeah but i thought not in, in celebration I thought in the I thought in the theatrical I thought I remembered like uh, a, another shot of Big Daddy and them looking up at the fireworks and like looking at them differently like it might a, be, might a be. celebratory it's in the theatrical. A, it's been a version. long time since I've seen the theatrical cut. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if so, if you're listening to this, hit, uh, hit me up on social media. Let me know if right. I, I've gone insane. Um, but I feel like I remember that, and I remember right. it being a bit much in the theatrical cut, but. Uh, in this version, Big Daddy sort of disappears. Right. Uh, like I said, there's basically is the scene of Riley, like, you know, uh, looking at them the way, like, Cuba Gooding Jr. looks at apes at the end of Primal or whatever that movie was with Anthony Hopkins. Deep mm-hmm. cut. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's sort of like, like, look at the noble apes, like, you right. know, doing their thing. And it feels a little bit weird to me, the end of this movie. Did, did you feel that? No, I mean, I, I like... I like the ending of this movie. I like the like when they reclaim the city, you know. Yeah, I like that too. But I mean, yeah. Riley's response to it, and oh, like yeah, the character's they're... response to it, like you know, 
there's they're no just real for someplace to be you know yeah like yeah they're just like us like look right. at those noble animals doing their thing right. um it felt very like there's I dug again, it. I, I like it you know yeah but i mean i feel like it's another thing that this movie could have done which is has some sort of connection between riley and the zombies like him right i don't think even big daddy don't even share mm, space no. in the narrative no. uh the most we have is um big daddy sets fire to kaufman right and that's more cholo's moment than it yeah. is big daddy's that's sort of like it just confused me a little bit where i was like they're a little bit more parallel between riley and big daddy those two guys who want more right. uh but they kind of have that like almost as if they look at each other and like see each other and like acknowledge each other but like they don't know each other so it's really right yeah, i don't know it's really weird but um but yeah i mean i dig the anti-capitalist stuff mm-hmm. yeah. same yeah i mean i dig um you know, again, it's not subtle. You know, Dennis Hopper like literally taking his second in command and shooting him in the face. <laughs> right. You know, like uh, it was bags of money, and his, mm-hmm. you know, his his chauffeur uh, mm-hmm. abandons him. Um, you know, it's all that stuff tickles me a little, but it's yeah. all um, it's all it's very not subtle, and I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. I mean, I'm not right. sure how outside of the original Night of the Living Dead, I'm not sure if subtlety was ever something Romero cared about. No, I think I think he just, you know, wanted to get his message across. Like, yeah, this is this is probably less subtle than him not being subtle in like the 70s and 80s, though. I mean, yeah, you know, this is he decided to put the message, you know, right there in big bold letters. This right way. there. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, I'm not beating around the bush. The bad guys are the wealthy, right? Like, you know, uh, which is kind of what he'd been doing all along. You yeah, know, he had been. Uh, you know, his he always referred to his movies as being about revolution, mm-hmm. and revolution being the uh, real, honestly uh, every revolution ever in history has been people who have nothing right. taking for people who have everything. Um, I, I would say not that I advocate such things, but I absolutely advocate such things. Right. Um, but um, eat the rich, you know. Yeah. You know, it's kind of. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, so our our society has only gotten worse since two thousand five. Mm. Oh, for sure. Um, that this seems small potatoes. Now uh, right. I think that you know what's going on in in this movie is you know I'm like well gee we we've known about that for years but yeah. maybe we didn't as much in 2005 i don't know but oh you know the simpler time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't have uh we didn't have donald trump yet or we didn't have right. uh you know like it's funny too i've, I've talked about this before i maybe even on here about like you know looking back at how sad it is that george w bush seems like a not that bad uh alternative to what right. we've had recently. a sane alternative yeah yeah like it's like you know the worst he did was just like the patriot act <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and we thought that was the end of everything yeah and a bunch of war crimes you know <laughs> a bunch of war crimes yeah right but every president ever was a yeah. war criminal of one kind or another but true. um and and uh has biden done one yet i'm sure he has but Oh, I'm sure he we don't know yet, but yeah. yeah, but maybe we don't know about it yet. But, um, but everything Biden does gets that gets that cover of well, 
two years ago. Right. We had it way worse. So it's sort of like, you know, sure, Biden's, you know, murdering orphans, but, you know, right. He's not, you know, killing kittens or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, okay, you know, it's a step in the right direction. It could know? be worse. Yeah, right. it could be worse. You know, or rather reverse that, I guess. Be like, yeah, yeah, he's killing kittens, but not killing orphans. You know, right. I suppose. But, um, but yeah, I mean, a land of the dead just feels. It does feel a little dated in that respect. I mean, right. I think the the themes are timeless, but the film itself, in terms of its story, does feel a little bit like very post 911 right um very uh na- almost maybe naive in how social s- scenarios work um right. in, in yeah comparison. this was before like occupy wall street stuff like that didn't happen yeah. you know mm-hmm. that's another been, good example yeah if it was made you know a few years later it would have been a whole different animal i think you know yeah saw. yeah that's what i mean is i think we look it's at it's a this shame now. that he he didn't get to do like, you know, the 2010s follow up to this, you know, do, I mean, he did obviously do two more zombie films, but I mean, another one where he got, had like a budget, you know, the room to say something that he wanted to say. uh, Cause you know, I think he always had something interesting to say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this movie has a lot to say. Um, it's just kind of unfortunate. I think that if you were to if you look at it now, it just feels unsatisfying because we don't see the you know the poor overtake the rich, like right. um, which this particular story I think now would would ne- need. would need to have. Like right. you would need to have that moment, or you'd have to play up more of the zombies. You know, you'd be even less subtle really with the zombies, where you're like mm-hmm. the zombies are that poor class and they right. are coming to take what's what's theirs yeah. from the rich they're, they're the 98 percent, you know yeah yeah and i mean so it's a little bit I, I think that doesn't work in this film's favor uh modern politics uh right. and and our our uh the way uh we've marched on mm-hmm. um which is not this movie's fault of course no like times have changed the movie stays the same right um but yeah i mean it's uh it's a fun movie enough. It's fun enough movie. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, I don't, I didn't resent watching it. Uh, no, I, you know. I always have fun watching, watching this one too. Yeah. Um, even if I think the movie is too blue, uh, it's just, it it's very color. dark. Yeah. yeah it just it's needs very... a little more color in it. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think of that, but you're right. It's almost black it's and very, white in a lot of ways. It's yeah. very dark. Yeah. yeah. Very dark movie. Um, and um or even like more contrast you right. know like make fiddler's green more bright and everything else dark or whatever you know yeah. like simple things like that but you're right this yeah shoot just... shoot different when you're in fiddler's green than when you're outside you know yeah just... the lights are just dimmed as all the hell in this movie but those, that's just that's that's 2005 i mean that's that's true what movies movies in fact that looked like yeah um, most of them yeah you can't you barely see what's going on half the time right. yeah yeah it's it's really glad we don't do that as much anymore i mean i think right. we still do but yeah, yeah we just have a different different way of doing this making everything look the same now that we did that yeah you know? yeah well i think they've just changed color right I think they just like uh, something i noticed recently uh, i can't remember what movie it was a couple of movies i watched in a row and realized it was very brown right and i'm like yeah okay so they've just moved from 
blue filter to brown filter, right? Like grain washed everything out a little bit, a little bit more beige. Um, but then it was blue, yeah, right. blue and gray. And, um, but yeah, it's way too, way too dark. And everybody's wearing black too for most of the picture, yeah. too. And I'm like, yeah, uh, right. we need to, uh, you know, you could have put Ozzy in some color, right? Some red, some red, maybe, or, you know, uh, bright red, but we give Charlie a colored shirt, just right. something to do differently. Like something to make it pop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or something to at least differentiate our heroes from everybody else. Cause everybody right. seems kind of interchangeable in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Both visually and conceptually. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Oh, I feel like almost anybody could have had this, that these arcs, they such as they are, right. um, but I mean, yeah, ultimately, uh, I, it works in a very basic way. I mean, we 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 can appreciate Riley and his viewpoint because it's what we all are thinking, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, right. what what what's the solution to all this? Leave. I want out. Yeah, get you the know? hell out. Yeah. yeah. OK, I fully 100 percent relate to Riley now, you know, right. like, yep, that's where I would be, too. I want out of Fiddler's Green. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'll go beat up um, Phil Fondacaro to do it. But <laughs> I love Phil Fondacaro. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad this is the first movie we had with it, but um but yeah, I mean Who? Phil Fondacaro, he's the the dwarf actor. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Um very, very famous, very, very uh he's been in everything. Right. Um I wish uh, I wish it uh, first time encountering him would it could have been Ghoulies too, but mm-hmm. uh where he dresses as a uh, in a gorilla suit and calls people Philistines. It's uh, the greatest thing to ever happen right. to cinema. So <laughs> I'm, I'm half kidding. It's actually right. really that. It's actually that wonderful. Uh, Ghoulies 2 is actually a terrible film, but that's actually quite wonderful. I love that part. But so where would you rate this amongst uh, the dead films? Like, would you rate it, you know, fourth or would you rate it somewhere else? Yeah, fourth, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I, you had mentioned like Day of the Dead being like a, uh, a division. I'm actually on the side. Right. Of, I don't really care for it. Right. Um, I love Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I love Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. and both versions of both those films. I actually really rather like even, even Snyder's Dawn of the right. Dead. I actually really enjoy that movie. Um, even I kind of enjoy it less now, but, right. um, but I did enjoy that film. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love. Um, and I'm not a big zombie guy. I think we've talked about this as well. Yeah, yeah. Like you know that. Um, you know, I know you're into zombies, mm. uh, and I it's never really been my thing. I I dig some of it. I mean, like, but yeah, Romero's work in general. I mean, I'll I take a bullet for it. You know, right. I mean, like it's it's that even if it doesn't always work for me, I I dig it. You know, and I, yeah. I dig what I dig Romero's style. I dig what he was was he was talking about. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny to me still that there are so many people that like you know complain about horror being political, and I'm like, what movies were you yeah. watching? <laughs> right. Um. You know, uh, are you kidding me right now? We've been watching Night of the Living Dead, and you didn't get anything political out of that. Like, right. Um. Romero, almost everything other than maybe some of his works for hire. Mm-hmm. you know our our political our political yeah. yeah he's he's talking Their about statements yeah he's talking making political statements with his pictures and you know maybe not the dark half mm-hmm. you know maybe not uh creep show right. you know 
Um, although there's some of that in creep show. Yeah. Too. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, the crazies, you know, mm-hmm. is is sheer political 1970s, you know, uh Vietnam, Vietnam right? War. Yeah. yeah, like uh, you know, or his living dead films, or um even like Season of the Witch, which is about like, you know, uh gender roles. Right. And and the way uh, you know, the way the role the of the boredom of suburbia and you know yeah and the way the, the role of the housewife was changing mm-hmm. right uh you know all these things Romero was always interested in and i dig that and like yeah. that so i mean like it's kind of unfortunate that his kind of career ended up where it did you know right um it happens to a lot of them yeah um almost all of them in fact um you know, we did mention last week we were talking about how our our friends over at Invasion are doing Carpenter, and they're like, and "I'm like, yeah," and then it ends with the Ward. Right, um, right. Good luck to you, Invasion of the podcast uh, with the Ward, but uh, or Toby Hooper, poor Toby Hooper. Yeah, you know, his last film was made in India. Um, as what Joe was Bob Briggs. Uh, I think that I was. Uh, um, oh God, what was it called? The Jin. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was, it was in Made in India. As right. Joe Bob Briggs kind of put it when he, he kind of summed up Toby Hooper's career, he's like, the, they almost certainly did not know who he was. Right. Or what they had. They just hired right. a, a filmmaker to make a film. Uh, but Hooper had never gotten mainstream recognition no. despite directing Poltergeist. Um, right. And fuck off. If yeah, we're, did, we're never going to not. not say that. Yeah. yeah um, he did. But yeah, I mean, even Craven at the end of his wasn't, you know, right. Like, like my soul to take, you know, it's, it's like that. It's clunky, clunky dialogue from the dark night of, uh, you know, right. you, you die a hero, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I right. guess in this case, it's you die a hero or you live long enough to become kind Make of mediocre. Movies. I mean, yeah. Dario Argento. I mean, even his, you know, his, oh, his, yeah. the last 20 years have been. I still haven't seen his terrible. new one. He made a new one. It came right. out on Shutter. I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah, I heard. I heard it was actually okay. I might have to watch I, it sometime. I'm just soon, never but... in a hurry. I'm just never in a hurry to watch new Argento. You know, no, no. I've been burned so many times. You know, and by even new Argento, you mean the last twenty years, right? Yeah. I mean, like it's not even new Argento. It's like yeah. Argento past 1984. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I love Dario Argento, and I agree with yeah. um. It was what's his name um, Guillermo del Toro, where someone mm-hmm. asked him once on Twitter for some reason. Like, do you, right. you know, do you think, uh, you know, uh, Argento should retire? And Guillermo del Toro's response was, Dario Argento has earned the right to make films for as long as he wants to, forever. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and I will watch them. And I, you know, he, you know, no matter what happens, this man has done more, has made better films than most people ever do in their lives. Like, mm-hmm. he can do it for as long as he wants. Right. And I agree. I'm like, I may not yeah. see them. But I'm like, hey, Dario Argento, you keep making films until you're dead, man. That's cool. Right. Um, and uh, and it doesn't matter. I mean, like I said, I've, I'll watch Romero's later work. I'll, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But it's not really. What did he do after, like, it was Survival of the Dead his last film? Yeah. 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 It was it was Land of the Dead. Then he did Diary and Survival. And that was it. That was, that was the rest of his ago. career? He did no other yeah. films? Mm-mm. Wow. That's really sad. Yeah. That's a bummer, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> with that, <laughs> with that happy, happy note, uh, 
But no, I mean, any last thoughts on Land of the Dead before we wrap um, up? I don't want to end it on that. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I still love this movie. Like, sure, you know, warts and all, but you know, I'm not. A, I'm not a. Uh, I have a horse in the race because you know George Romero is you know my favorite director. Sure. outside of David Lynch, there yeah. always been battle to head to head. So really, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that he was that high on your team. I knew he was yeah, a yeah. favorite horror film guy, but I didn't know of all time. Okay. Yeah. So uh, check it out. Um, I I think you should watch Diary of the Dead just to watch it, just to see it. You know, at some point I will. Yeah. Right. Just because yeah. I want to want to hear how how you thought felt about it, if nothing else. Yeah, um, maybe i check it out. This no, I, I don't. I don't really have anything else. Like you know, um, this was a good final film for him to make. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's uh, I agree. I mean, I think it's actually it's it's still a fun, you know, brief diversion. I mean, it's it's not it's not great, but it's certainly by no means a bad film. Right. I mean, like I, I love, you know, you know me, I like to occasionally like, you know, take the piss out of things. But ultimately, it's right. all with love. Um, You know, I've never I, I can't imagine any Romero would ever made anything that I hated. I mean, the survival right. of the dead kind of. But um. But no, he's a, a hell of a filmmaker, and um, and I'll I'll go to my grave saying that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, even in and he's earned his his place in horror Mount Olympus, and that will never right. go away. Uh, and nothing will ever change that. I mean, you know, the 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 kids uh, should still watch his stuff, uh, and I hope they do. Right. But yeah, there's a lot good to watch there. Hmm. No, I felt a hell of a filmmaker. I remember seeing um, Season of the Witch for the first time mm-hmm. last year and actually being like, this is really good. I, uh, I'd i heard it wasn't that great. And I was like, I watched it. I'm like, actually, this is a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's nothing special. But it's it's it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, same thing with The Crazies. I actually like the remake more, but, right. you know, um, but I did like The Crazies. But yeah, I, I, uh, Night of the Living Dead is still Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are still some two of the greatest horror fiction, horror pictures ever made, and and nothing right. will ever touch that. Even if I might like uh, Savini's Night of the Living Dead a little bit better, but right. I think that's just a saw it first. But um, but yeah, I guess with that, um, I will say. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, uh, we remind you to uh, keep it positive, keep it constructive, love yourself, love your fellow horror fans, um, and uh, and just uh, look out for each other and eat the rich. Eat the rich. Uh, yeah, uh, that's our theme this month, and we're gonna go with it. And mm-hmm. uh, if that bothers you, jog on. Um, but no, I mean we're both uh, just keep. I want everybody to keep in mind <laughs> that we are pretty staunch anti-capitalists bleeding heart liberals and uh that's something that we should uh if you don't know that by now know that and make your decision if you want to keep listening to us because we are going to go off on this for three more weeks at least right so um so thank you very much for listening and uh and uh be nice and thank you very much good night and namaste Thank you.